Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. Scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff. I didn't know I was agreeing to that. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. thought those days were over. Well, I thought to myself, well, if this is a twice-weekly programme and going on throughout the year, I should be editor. So I gave myself the, the job, as it were, and nobody queried it. It was extraordinary. He was going through this period of transformation, and yes, his, his diet uh, was sort of really kind of milk and cocaine. Our impression of the suffragettes, I think, has been skewed by these photographs because press photographers always pick the prettiest girl, prettiest woman, best frock. And I think a lot of people have been misguided in thinking the suffragettes were just middle-class women kind of messing about at politics. Now, I've noticed uh, you guys have brought your instruments today. You brought a guitar, you brought your two beautiful voices and a keyboard as well, which didn't take long to uh, plug up <laughs> at all today in the studio. Uh, we'll just pretend it's all nicely, slickly done. We've got some spoons as well. We've got some spoons as well. Blimey, you're Shelley Winters. And she said, and who are you? And I said, I'm Derry Foles. And she put her tongue right down my throat. <laughs> I never saw her again the rest of the evening. Hello, and a very warm welcome to SNS Online, currently running a short series of shows about our 10-year heritage and, indeed, its anniversary. I'm Mark Elliott, SNS Online guest returnee, and I'm turning the spotlight on the very brand itself today by being in the driver's seat to talk to Nick Randall, creator and presenter of the show. Hello, Nick, and happy birthday. Hello, Mark, and thank you so much um, for coming to interview me. This is really very freaky. <laughs> I guess it's the ultimate revenge for anybody that sat on your side of the fence over the last 10 years. So, look, let's yeah. get started on some really basic stuff. Um, it's obvious that this is a real passion project for you. Totally, yeah. Talk me through how the whole idea came about and how you got going in the very beginning. Yeah, OK. I mean, basically... I got offered this as a radio show, uh, a proper radio show, not a podcast, on um, Irish national station RTE. A very good evening to you. You're listening to Pulse, part of the RTE network broadcasting from Dublin, available on DAB and online. My name's Nick Randall, welcoming you to my weekly Wednesday night Scratch and Sniff. Yes, you did hear that right, because everybody likes a good Scratch and Sniff from time to time. I hope you're having the best evening tonight, whatever you're doing. This is Chris Lake. Now that happened because I work on the BBC as a studio manager and I've done some freelance presenting as well. So two studio managers called Lindsay and Dave met at the BBC, fell in love, got married and went up to Ireland and started working for RTE. Now Dave was uh, working on all the digital spin-offs of RTE when the digital revolution was coming and um, there were either six or eight brand new stations for RTE which were to be heard on DAB in Ireland mm -hmm. and obviously online and uh, I was asked to be involved in one of these and one of the stations was RTE Pulse which was a dance music station Scratch and Sniff with Nick Randall on RTE Pulse Sponsored by Gay Community News GCN.ie your essential guide to gay Ireland. Now, I didn't know 
an awful lot about dance music. Um, but the idea was that there would be a gay slot, um, a LGBTQ slot, on Wednesday nights, which would be encompass about three hours with three or four different presenters playing dance music, but also with some magazine elements. Tonight's show is simply brimming with special guests for you all. A bit like the bestest chocolate cake you ever ate in your entire life with all the bestest, most wonderful ingredients packed in, but with extra chocolate poured all over the top. Can you believe it? And does that work as an analogy? No? Never mind. Anyway, we've got the hot, pulsating return of DJ and sassy all-rounder Miss Charlotte, who's here to tell us what she's been getting up to, plus her top tips for this year's Abifa Fest. Jackie Burnham, a raving reporter extraordinaire, gives us a rundown of the best of this year's Latitude Festival. Mark Elliott, Managing Director of Time Out magazine, is back to talk about the premiere of Harry Potter. Some people get all the luck, plus film, theatre and event reviews of stuff he's recently gone to. And also, he'll be discussing the life and times of the recently departed Amy Winehouse. Andy, the man of a dozen voices, hello, who has no intention of not talking about the new Harry Potter film as he's the biggest, bestest fan in the whole world, will also be here to talk about the Definitely Hallows Part 2. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Plus, the winners of Gail Reynolds' competition will be announced, and also we have three exclusives from the dance music world. You see what I mean about that cake? Now that's a cake I could eat, right, readers? What I find interesting now is we've just done a roundtable discussion about how life has changed in the last 10 years. I think the idea of assuming that gay people are automatically going to be listening to dance music. Um, yeah, shock d- horror. Gay people have diverse interests and are real people. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I love indie music, as you know, Mark, and uh, sort of Britpop and stuff like that. I would have loved to have done a show like that. Don't get me wrong, it, it allowed me to really explore what is in the dance music world. I met some lovely people, some some great guests, and we got a lot of um, promos coming through as well, which was fantastic from up-and-coming artists. Kicking off with the first exclusive of the night, and DJ Nitrous UK hits us with a new original track he's created, simply called Disco Sura. Enjoy. The show is SNS Online, which is a more sort of... Um, conservative with a small c version of what the show was originally called which is scratch and sniff hi everybody i'm sandra dickinson and i'm listening to nick randall scratch and sniff some people seem to think that um it's something about uh, scratching beneath the surface with a guest and having a good sniff of the contents but the reality is um it actually came from when i used to dj uh just for a little bit of pin money in the weekend i did the odd wedding and stuff and i dj'd in the bbc club which was an amazing gig i got i think it was something like 80 pounds to do about four hours it was all set up for me i had all the drinks i could drink in the evening and and i could just yeah i did and i could just play what i wanted i mean my god but people would say, oh, that's a nice mix that you've done. And I would be cheating like mad. I would be using a synth track that would be finishing and using a, um, a beaty beaty to mix it with. Mm-hmm. If I tried to mix beats and beats, I couldn't do it for toffee. I didn't even attempt to learn. So I always said to people, I can't scratch and sniff, ah. just as a little joke. And I just thought, oh, that's quite a fun, irreverent, sort of magazine-y thing. And yep. it sort of stuck. <laughs> Digital radio. Now say hello to the new face of dance radio. Oh, hello. <laughs> then we were on air and on air on and off for about four years, I think. And, uh, you know, I look back on that time. Yeah, very fond memories. Welcome back, people, to the show that everyone is talking about. <laughs> 
Then never mind. You! Me, sir? Yes, you. Who else is there? You down there, boy. What, me, sir? But I'm just a poor Dickensian orphan from Penny Farthing Lane, sir. Strike a light in the year of our Lord 1800 and twiddly too, sir. You're listening to Miss Charlotte on Scratch and Sniff. So here I am with Celia Pacuola, who's an Australian citizen who's come over to this country to uh, make a bit of noise in the comedy circuit. I like that. It sounds always so threatening. She's come over to this country... She bloody bloody make good, or we're sending her right back. Today is Peter Tatchell's 60th birthday, and to celebrate, Scratch and Sniff have been privileged enough to be invited to Peter's home in Southwark to talk about his dedicated and sometimes controversial international human rights campaigning. Come on, give us a, give us a good sound bite. The gay appeal of Doctor Who. <laughs> well, it's a bit difficult to explain, Joe. He's not one of them, is he? But Latitude is a festival that uh, runs every year in Suffolk, a little bit different right. from some of the other ones. From what I understand, is it's, mm. it's a bit more cerebral. Um, how yeah, that certainly it? is. It's, it's sort of known as a very middle-class festival. Well, when Scratch and Sniff heard that the crossrail development at Tottenham Court Road was consigning first out to that great coffee shop haven in the sky, we didn't want to leave it unchecked. Mark is in the studio to talk about Harry Potter. Not only the film, but he was at the premiere. No spare tickets, obviously, for me and Andy? I'm afraid not. We only got two for the whole magazine. Well, I only wanted two. Happy Christmas, everybody! Happy Yuletide festive merriment. Absolute seasonal felicitations. Mm. Evening, campers, and welcome to the first Scratch and Sniff of 2012. Hope you said white rabbits. And then my... Вы слушаете программу Scratch and Sniff на радиоканале Артея Пальс с незримянным и чудовым Ником Рэндалом. The scratch and sniff strand on Pulse obviously ended and then you had the decision to make about taking it online and turning it into essentially the podcast that we all know and love today. Yeah. How was that? I mean, were you disappointed or did you think it had run its course on Pulse and how has it been since? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, I think it had run its time on Pulse because I think towards the end I was straining at the leash wanting to do what I wanted to do. So I would have whole hour interviews with, say, script writers and stuff like that. It wasn't really relevant to... <laughs> to the gay um, strand. I mean, my attitude was that... uh well, gay people could be interested in all this sort of stuff. And so, I, yeah, so I, I, I like to think I was forward-thinking in that way. But, I mean, if you've, I'm going to turn on this because it's going to have lots of local stuff in Dublin about where the clubs to go to. <laughs> There's me talking about Doctor Who or, or whatever it was. Hello, peoples. Well, in keeping with Scratch and Sniff's remit of surprising its audience with an eclectic range of programming, our latest offering is about as left-field, random and fascinating as the best of them. It's just fitting it into an appropriate category. I couldn't quite say it's particularly gay, and I couldn't quite say it's particularly music-based, you know what I'm saying? But it is a very, very, very special tweet for my lovely chap Andy, the man of, so far, a dozen voices. Hello. Who's been wanting to up his game and his range for a tidy while now. And who better to help him on this long, long journey is vocal coach to the stars traversing continents by mashing up those consonants. Does that work? <clears throat> anyway... The one and only, the effervescent, I never knew she wasn't, Miss Elspeth Morrison. Round of applause, please. It just seemed to me that uh, that it would make far more sense to sort of uh, do exactly what I wanted to do on my own terms. And podcasts mm-hmm. were starting to become a, a bit of a thing. So even though I'm extraordinarily grateful to RTE and, and Dave and Lindsay and, and all the gang there who um, who allowed me this airtime, um, it was a good time to move on and let them do what they wanted to do and uh, me do my own thing. 
You're listening to Scratch and Sniff Online with Nick Randall. Hello and a very warm welcome to the very first Scratch and Sniff Online, formerly of RTE's National Radio in Ireland. And yes, after four years, we've broken free from our moorings and are about to soar into cyberspace with an occasional series of programmes featuring an eclectic range of interviews and music. Our special guest today has taken on some tarons in Doctor Who, tropical diseases in Tenko, and the Mitchell brothers in Albert Square. And if you're looking for further clues, take a listen to these following extracts. I, I was worried about I wouldn't get anybody, and I did want it to be high-profile guests as well as people of interest. But uh, I went to um, an event where Louise Jameson was, who, of course, is... Um, one of our wonderful UK actresses who's uh, been in Doctor Who, Tenko, Bergerac, uh, EastEnders, all sorts. And she was just giving a talk about her art. And I asked her, look, would you be up for being on the show as the first guest? And she said yes. My agent was very uh, keen that I raised my profile on the yeah. television. I'd done odds and sods. I was the first person to get murdered in a soap. Oh, lovely. Oh. In, uh, in Emmerdale with uh, Fraser. Oh, yes, Fraser Hines. <laughs> yes. Cotton Socks. When, when did you get that initial eureka spark that you wanted to was four. Tr- tread the boards? Aged four. Aged four, right. I'd played Little Miss Muffet okay. rather triumphantly. To your school or...? To my school, to all the mums. And um, and when I leapt up, Judith Black was the spider. And when I leapt up and screamed, they'd given me rather stupidly a glass bowl of curds and whey, and uh, <laughs> it shattered. Oh dear. And I screamed and I ran off, and they came and s- I literally stopped the show because of course they had to clean yeah. the floor. It was a showstopper. All, <laughs> yes, all those little four-year-old barefoots. Yeah. But I remember the mothers really laughing and clapping, and I remember distinctly standing the other side of the door going, yay, this is what I want to do. So I think that gave me such um, a boost to to start the series with her. So I'm forever grateful to Louise. And I also must um, flag up uh, Lee Thomas, who was in a band called Two Thirds um, in the 80s, who I got my first long-form interview with on the original show. I can hear you cry, hear me calling, Growing up in the 80s, you know, back in Wales, that's all, there was nothing apart from music. <laughs> you know, that's all you had. So I'd lock myself away in my bedroom for days, listening to all the stuff that was out. So it was Eurythmics, Depeche Mode, Soft Cell, Yazoo, you know, the classic 80s, 80s vibe, really. So I just wanted to do my interpretation, but try and bring something a bit new. And I think that really was... I actually based the entire new, new, new show on, on that. So the genesis of really what we know and love now really comes from Louise and Lee. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lee for the the original, and uh, Louise uh, being so high profile yes. um, in in the in the the second one. And uh, since then, uh, we never looked back. My special guest today began her career writing children's books before penning her own sitcom and script writing away through some classic EastEnders storylines for over a decade. Since then, she has submitted to what she describes as her natural calling as a healer, a vocation which has taken her all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, a very warm welcome to Carmen Harris. Well, with the miracle of ISDN via our good friends of ABC in Perth, Western Australia, it's time to introduce to you the one, the only, Mr Hank Marvin. 
Hello and welcome to an extended edition of SNS Online featuring the work of Brian Hazard's one-man retro synth band, Colour Theory. With close to 3 million followers on Twitter, Brian has released no less than nine studio albums. Hello there, this is Jeremy Swift. All tired and that. <laughs> He's been filming on that Mary Poppins 2, The Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> the umbrella strikes back. <laughs> Not being Graham Norton, I like to make it as, as, as lovely and fluffy experience as possible. So they might come in thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't agreed to this. And then they come in and think, oh, OK, this is quite nice. And then hopefully if we have a good chat, good questions, etc., then they come out with a nice little goodie bag. <laughs> You're bribing them, basically. I, I, I am totally bribing them. Billy Baxter, thank you so much. It only remains for me to give you your celebrity goodie bag. It only remains for me. Can you hold that for a yeah, second? Absolutely. To get do. your uh, celebrity goodie bags. Uh, Are you joking? Oh, we never get presents. So this is a goodie bag like when I was 10 years old. Oh, oh we need Wow. Just to say that we give all our guests a celebrity goodie bag. Now, um, the fact that you're in Australia has not stopped us, and so there's a bottle of champagne that, that um, uh, flew from a special carrier all the way from UK that's in a fridge next door to you. To, so make sure you get that on the way out. That's from us. That is amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Nick. I, I'll drink it on the way down the stairs. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> You often use the term we in the links when you're talking about the brand. How many people are actually working on the show? Well, it's basically my gig, um, but other people are involved in a sort of an ad hoc sort of way. Uh, um, so obviously I include the guests in that because if, if we didn't have the guests, it would be a pretty boring show. Um, and they actually do most of the work. I mean, I'm always focusing on editing it and adding little uh, bells and whistles sound effects and stuff, which I actually don't need to really do because... The quality of the, just the, the, the people, what they've got to say is so great anyway. But um, as I am a, a sort of sound engineer from my, my main sort of bread and butter stuff, I think it, it sort of comes from that. But I like to add little tweaks and yeah. uh, comedy record scratches and all. Shiny new stand-up comedian on the block, Thea Downey there, with her own unique brand of hijinks, mirth and tittertastic banter. Well, we at SNS Towers couldn't resist adding another stand-up sensation to our glamorous and indeed eclectic menagerie of guests. So stand by your pumps, put loads of salt in some of these tea in the name of comedy, and let all your hairs hang out. You're listening to SNS Online. It's very much the trademark of the show, and I think it adds so much uh, of an extra fizz to the whole thing. It's, it really makes the whole thing kind of come alive, I think. I was worried it might be irritating. <laughs> well, no, I don't think so. I mean, you know, over the years, I think you've perfected the balance, actually, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a very strong kind of mix now. I think what comes over to listeners when they hear what you create is a real passion for your subjects. Have you ever been tempted to try things that are perhaps not naturally within your kind of interest set as a way of just expanding the reach of the programme or just exploring new themes? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think initially I want it to be star-studded and get as many sort of high-profile people as possible. And obviously, when you're doing a strand that's not really known and you're not known at all, it's it's more difficult to schmooze those guests. But I think as I kept going, I thought, you know what? People's stories are interesting regardless of how famous they are. And also lifestyle issues like, you know, mental health and political stuff around the world. That's all interesting, too. And I thought, well, why can't I dip my toe out and stretch the remiss a bit and see what I can do? But Because I don't know if I can do this stuff. So we had... Um, 
Zargo Nakaga, who'd written a book about women in Afghanistan and the struggles they've faced. When she lost her husband, she was left almost uh, on the street with her children, four children to look after. And she had this idea that you know, she will make kites with her kids. She made sure her kids went to school. She made sure they had good food. She made sure to earn. And she decided that, yes, so what if I'm a woman in Afghan society? Mm. I will do some work and I can do it at my home. And she is another example of the resilience and the courage that Afghan women have for keeping their families together, for uh, doing things for them out of nothing. I think many women in her place would have lost almost every hope and would have uh, been starving, but she didn't. Magul is a role model for me. There was a hypnotherapist came on, a spiritual healer. Uh, we've got mental health coming up soon with Johnny Benjamin. Um, so, yeah, I think it's now, now establishing the strand as arts and lifestyle. So how much time would you say a show takes in terms of the initial idea, getting it all set up and getting it ready for broadcast? I guess an average show is it's quite difficult to say because when you're in the process of doing lots of them, you're you're overlapping quite a lot of shows. On an average, say, a month to six weeks for one show. So the obvious next question would be, who have been the most interesting or guests that you've had on and why would you define them as perhaps your highlights or favourites? You see, that's really difficult for me because I find the person or the, the people I'm working on at the time are my favourites because I'm so excited about that show. But there are some some lovely highlights. I've done a lot of travelling in the UK. I went up to Edinburgh to um, interview loads of people for 70th anniversary of The Fringe. So that was a real highlight. Welcome to SMS Online, celebrating 70 years of the Edinburgh Fringe. Went to the cavern to celebrate 60 years of the cavern and... Um, interviewed uh, Debbie Greenberg who ran the club uh, with her father in the 60s and we did that in the cavern itself. I used to be a cavern addict in the beginning and uh, I was at the cavern at every opportunity that the site could be and lunchtime sessions, evening sessions and then in 66 uh, the owner of the cavern Ray McFall uh, went bankrupt and the cavern, the lease went on the market and a friend of my dad's approached him, a friend called Joe Davy, and he asked would he consider going in with him to buy the lease because he couldn't afford to buy it on his own. And dad came to me and said, I've got the chance of buying the cavern, what do you think? Well, you know, <laughs> give a child a key to a sweet shop, what does it say? But I had a, a sensible head as well. And I said, look, Dad, I've seen the cavern peak and I know it can do it again and I think you should go for it. And some musicians as well. I got very drunk with Carol Decker in um, a, a, a pub in Henley. And, of course, we have the SNS Online Live Lounge, um, a la Radio 1, where we've had music played live in the studio with uh, a number of musicians. If you could be kind, do it now. Before you're left behind, catch up somehow. Don't you choose to drift away into the night? Holding on to a breeze as it slips away. Holding on as tight as we can. You don't have to be so heartless. 
And of course, SNS has had um, quite a lot of the comedy over the years, uh, some perhaps more successful than others. Um, I seem to recall a sketch with Katie Manning when I finally got to play The Doctor with my favourite all-time assistant, Joe Grant, as played by Katie. <laughs> Where have you brought us to this time, old girl? <coughs> Doctor, what was that? I just soiled myself. No, 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 no. The first bit... Well, there was that scream. <gasps> Joe, you go that way, and I'll go this way. And we are all together, goo cookie Jew. Hey. Uh, Andy, my partner in real life, uh, has got involved in quite a few of the shows, and we even sang a couple of songs together, uh, which didn't exactly garner the media attention that we were hoping for. Hot gingerbread dynamite. Why do nothing but that each night? Back in that sack, but the fellas do back in the women wicky wacky woo. Oh man, how they entertain! I mean, they hurry a hurricane. Back in the second, the fellas shoot the backy and the women wicky wacky. And other people have been involved um, as well uh, in Billy Baxter's uh, recent show um, about six years of Blue Peter. I had a number of uh, friends from the BBC and their families uh, reading uh, letters that were written to Blue Peter back in the day. Dear Blue Peter, I am writing to tell you about our village's gala day. There is lots of stalls selling cakes, jewellery, hamburgers and drink. My dad is usually in the beer tent. Please can you come to Kyle to film the fun? Trevor. Kyle. Dear Blue Peter, for God's sake, sit properly when you're wearing a kilt. Not with your legs wide apart, even if your sporran is hanging down. Pull yourself together or come off the Blue Peter programme, which you disgrace. A Scott, Gloucestershire. Dear John. For five years, I've tried to persuade Edward to try an omelette without success. You managed it in five minutes. Blue Peter is great. Mrs Robinson, Peterborough. And also, I must flag up uh, Marion Marshall, who's... uh fantastic newsreader, um, a bastion of the BBC World Service and a voice you can absolutely trust. And um, she's done quite a lot of work for the show over the years and has been very happily paid in champagne and chocolates, which uh, we have a good arrangement, so <laughs> we're sticking to it. The best-selling novelist, Mrs Humphrey Ward, organised a petition in 1889 signed by the great and the good women of Victorian society against female suffrage to be presented to Parliament to appeal to the common sense and the educated thought of the men and women of England against the proposed extension of the parliamentary suffrage to women. Presumably, like a lot of media outlets, there is always this editorial hook where if you've got an anniversary or a big event, it's sometimes easier to find content themes around that sort of stuff. But also, it, it, and it's good you say that, it's, it's also nice to link these things to the week. I mean, like with Julie Hesman-Hausch, that was released for week. Cucumber um, was starting on Channel 4, Russell T. Davis's show. Julie was one of the stars in that. What I try to do, even though I make no money out of it and I, you know, I don't represent any company or anything like that, I try to do everything the way it would be done if we had a budget of whatever and, and yeah. loads of people. So uh, linking with anniversaries and... Um, birthdays and stuff, I think is interesting. On World AIDS Day, we ask, is it possible to be HIV unhappy? 
Well, Paul Thorne thinks so, and he's even written a book about it. So obviously, then, perhaps the next logical question is, do you have a big wish list of people you'd love to get on or any, any exclusives you can reveal here and, here and now? Um, yeah, there's a few. I mean, there's always people coming up. You discover people from all sorts of different disparate sources. Uh, Twitter is a really good one. Also, I must flag up Lisa Davies from Lisa Davies Promotions, who has secured us some fantastic interviews, including Hank Marvin. Rabbit, 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 rabbit. How do you feel about uh, being uh, Cockney rhyming slang for uh, for starting? It doesn't get more immortal than that, does it? Well, that's when I knew I'd made it, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of these shows, I think you know, the sort of thing that would, would draw huge audiences if they were on the radio, on, on national radio. But because they're not, they're hidden away. Um, the uh, the uh, listenership is, is, is obviously quite restricted. Now, there are so many ways to resolve that. But because I'm just on this constant uh, hamster wheel of trying to get the shows out, I simply don't have time to do, apart from Twitter and Facebook, and sort of trying to target particular fan sites and stuff like that. That's all I do, and it, it's it's nothing compared to what. So I know the only reason I'm I'm slow for Mark is that a lot of his shows are long shelf life shows. So there's I don't feel there's a massive rush, but I mean I need to get more on YouTube and uh, as audio tracks and stuff like that. It just just haven't had the time. No, okay. So that's a call out to everybody listening here. So share, promote, like, all of that stuff. Get <laughs> so, the word totally, out there. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, tell me, in terms of that side of things, I mean, obviously, it's a huge part, as you say, of managing a media platform in the 21st century. Do you enjoy that bit of it or not? If you could wave a magic wand and not have to do any of that stuff, would you do so? Um, if I could wave a magic wand, it would be to have more people work on the show, yeah. and perhaps, um, per- perhaps I would have uh, you know, six to eight people working on it. One would present one week, one would produce one week, one would do all the schmoozing and the social media and all that, and just take it in turns and um, hopefully get a bit of a, a salary package at the end of the day because I actually make a, a, a massive loss <laughs> of doing this, of but I do it because I love it. I think on behalf of all of your listeners. Thank you, because it's been a great uh, journey and some of those shows are just top-notch and uh, we've really enjoyed uh, being part of it. So I say that from the big collective we that you've referenced a few times because although it is just you and you do put your whole blood, sweat, tears into getting this done, I think you have a lot of support in kind, if oh. you like, and people, uh, you know, are very proud the, of what you've achieved over the last ten years. Nick. You have got that check in front of you. I have got the so. check, yeah, and I'm cashing it later <laughs> on today. <laughs> so, look, on behalf of everybody, happy birthday! It's been a real pleasure being asked to do this and to finally shine the spotlight on you Absolutely. because it's a long overdue. So, happy birthday, scratch and sniff! Congratulations, Nick! And here's to another very successful ten years. Yay! Thank you so much, Mark. Happy